The following programme is made possible by the friends and partners of Creation Today. Welcome to the Creation Today show. I'm your host, Eric Hovind. Today's show is going to be a little bit different. I'm not talking to a scientist about how the Grand Canyon formed in just a few weeks. I'm not talking to a theologian about how the Hebrew Bible teaches a literal six-day creation. No, instead, today my guest is an atheist. And no, this isn't going to be a debate. No, this isn't going to be an adversarial conversation. It's just two friends having a discussion where one friend is a Christian. I'll play that part. And one friend is an atheist. And we're going to ask our friend, the atheist, why he's come to the conclusions that he has come to. Welcome to the Creation Today Show, where we bring together interviews with experts and solid Bible teaching. Your host, Eric Hovind, affirms the ultimate authority of God's Word, the truth of creation, and why it matters to you. Hey, Paul, welcome to the Creation Today Show. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for joining me. I've appreciated... Uh, our interactions over the years when it's been you and I actually talking, I haven't necessarily appreciated the videos that I've seen you produce about <laughs> me. Is that, uh, am I, am I, am I, am I wrong for going, what? that's not fair. Oh, that's not right. Or do you get that all the time? Or do you go, no, I expect that. What are your thoughts on? Well, I hope that if you say it's not fair, it's because of you disagree with what I'm saying, as opposed to how I presented you. Hopefully I, you felt I was presenting you fairly and that you just think that my responses are incorrect. Hopefully that's the case. Mm, not always. Like your, okay. your, one, your one TikTok video on me, where in a very small, it's like, you know, this, like I forget what it is, but it's uh, something about me saying I'm an atheist or something like that, but I was using it, you took it out of context. And I'm like, you took that out of context and put that up on TikTok. So not always. Okay. All right, well. Once Do I got once you on every, that one at least? I, I don't know which video you're referring to, so I but I'll I'll cop to it. Sometimes I do actually play play with the video for comedy. If it was for comedy, that's all well and good because the laugh is important. It is. It is. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I it's people have taken Bible verses out of context before as well, so it's all boy, you well. Know, that's that's part of the conversation I want to have with you because there, I'll admit this right up front, Paul. There is a an appreciation that I have. For, for a section of what atheists do to point out hypocrisy uh, in the church. And so okay. at taking Bible verses out of context, and, and that's where I think a, a lot of people and um, a lot of people in the church, a lot of Christians, they're almost scared. They'd be scared to have a conversation with you. Um, they'd be scared to go look at these atheist websites, uh, look at these atheist arguments, and, and I don't know, I've kind of, and I want to know your thoughts on this. I've kind of come all the way around and gone, what do I have to be scared of? I mean, when you're right, you're right. There's nothing to fear. So what do I have to be scared of if I'm, if I'm really, if I really have truth, truth shouldn't be scared of anything. What, what are your thoughts on that? And how, how do you think through that? Personally, what my deconversion as well was exact, was exactly that thinking I got, I was afraid of what I might find if I read secular sources and i read non-christian based books for the first time and but that was exactly my attitude it was like if the god of the bible is true and if the god i believe in is true he has nothing to fear from christopher hitchens or any book that i could possibly read um and truth 
doesn't care about our feelings. Truth doesn't care what we believe. Truth is just truth. I think we both would uh, fall on that camp. So I'm with you. I, I strongly encourage both sides of any topic. If you don't know the best version of the opposite opinion, then you've probably sheltered yourself and you are in danger of harboring a false belief, whether you want to or not. So yeah, truth is truth. I, we can agree on that. Cool. Um, how, and I know we, you know, I'd have to get into the conversation of what is truth, but we'll save that. Sure. When, when you look at you've, uh, you've been kind of in the atheist world, I'll call it for, for how long now, how many years, uh, coming up on six years. Okay. When you look at the atheist world and the spectrum of people out there, either arguing for it or presenting it or, or converting to it. Uh, and you look at the Christian world of those people out there that are going, I'm, I'm defending God's word. I, I, you know, I believe this. Who do you think who's doing it right? And who's doing it wrong? Like, like, and, and like, give me some of your thought processes on, you know, when I watch this guy or this video, or I don't know if you want to name names, but, but they're really, they're not doing it right. Cause this is how they should be. If I were still in their shoes as a, right. you know, somebody who's trying to defend the Bible, this is not how I would do it. And even in the world of atheism, who's who in that world is, you'd say, man, they're actually doing a good job, but they're not doing a good job. Any, any thoughts on that? So, I mean, there's such a broad spectrum. And of course I would say we have members of our camp in on both sides, both Christians and non-Christians. I'm going to use non-Christians instead of atheists, just for the sake of whatever. Um, I would say that people come to beliefs for all kinds of different reasons. And a lot of those reasons, sometimes those reasons are emotional. And of course, our emotions drive us strongly. So some people, I know people who have become Christians because of an emotional experience they felt or because they were running from negative emotions and they felt like Christ was going to help them deal with that or overcome that. I've also seen people leave Christianity for emotional reasons. They uh, were potentially hurt by someone or they they felt like the Bible was telling them that who they were or who they felt they were doesn't conform to that. So therefore they weren't accepted. Like there's all kinds of reasons like that. So I think you and I are more on the side of wanting to be a little bit more cerebral about what we believe and evaluate it based on evidence. And so there are, of course, I think there are lots of people who have looked at the evidence for Christianity and become Christians. I don't think that's the majority. But I do think that does happen. Um, and I would say that there are people who I would put myself in that camp. Other people can judge whether they think that's true. I believe I looked at the arguments for Christianity and against Christianity and left Christianity. So um, it's tough to say who's doing it right, who's doing it wrong. I will say that I see when I see a trend of that I came there for emotional reason or even worse, I became a Christian because my wife was a Christian or I left Christianity because someone I, I wanted to, someone else was a Christian, not a Christian. Um, I would say those are right and wrong. Of course, we might get into a debate about what even right and wrong means, but I would say that both camps have, um, yeah, both, both camps are, are, have, are filled with people who have great reasons, who have been introspective about their beliefs. Some people very casually hold these things. I looked at the pew when I was deconverting and I saw people worshiping God with all their hearts, but they couldn't even list the books of the Bible, for example. Um, you know, it's just, they weren't, didn't have an examined faith. 
but I also see people, atheists, who have entirely unexamined atheism. So I think we're all just humans, and our epistemology is a separate question. Okay. And I, I do all want to do to say, just for those who are watching who might be on my camp, I did not become one IQ point smarter when I left Christianity than when I was a Christian. I don't feel like I'm at all smarter now than I was. Um, that these are not questions of IQ or rationality or any of these things. These are worldview questions, not intelligence questions. There you and go. when when you think of how to do it right, is the right way to go, man, examine the evidence, examine the arguments, examine the world, and is it find out which one uh, is is consistent, find out, like, how, how do you, how, how are you trying to do it? How, what, what What's your process for, sure. for trying to talk about so this? So one of those things was first even figuring out for myself, what do I believe that truth is? And so I've settled on a definition of truth that I use, which is that which conforms to reality as adjudicated by predictive power. And so when I adopted that particular worldview of what truth is, then I was able to take different sources and say, how well does this conform to reality? If this was true, what would I expect the world to look like? And can I go investigate new information and figure out whether it matches, whether those predictions match? Um, and so once I did that, then I could start looking at things like evolution or things like how the Bible was put together or on the flip side, are other religions true or does naturalism make any sense under this kind of definition? So I think the first thing someone needs to do is figure out what they're going to count as truth before they can properly hold something up and say, is this true or not? That just seemed to make sense to me. Yeah. And maybe we'll get more into that and what is truth. I'm, I'm, I really, you know, I'm, I'm wanting in this show to kind of let people see what took somebody from a Christian worldview. Sure. Um, and you know, it's hard for me to say you were a Christian because I'm going, well, I don't think you were, but fair enough. And, and I know you're, yeah, you're okay with that. But what took you from that worldview to the worldview you now hold to an atheist worldview? So, I mean, I'm wanting to explore more, more as a, a friendship, like, hey, yeah. how is atheism reaching people? And how are Christians reaching people? And how do you think they're doing? So maybe, maybe I can get back to that. But I feel like since that's the show, What's your story? Let me just let you share your story. And what do you think it is? Kind of like we did in Jackson Hole, Wyoming with the students there. What is it that made you go, wow, I was here and man, through this, 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 or boy, that defining moment or that scientific fact, that was the linchpin that really turned me and, and, and made me change my mind. Great question. For those who don't know my background, I grew up in a Mennonite uh, heritage and a Mennonite church tradition. I went through that all my, my young life. I went to an alliance, Mennonite, uh, Christian Missionary Alliance Bible College. Once I was done there, I was I served as a lay minister for youth. I was involved with Bible quizzing, particularly Bible memorization for decades. So at one point, I could have quoted most of the New Testament to you. Not anymore. I've lost a lot of that. Uh, and I was in youth ministry as well. So I was all in. I was at church. I was one of those guys at church four times a week. I had a secular job, but I was serving in the church. That was my passion and main thing. And around 2015, 2016, I started, I was working on a graphic novel project that involved dinosaurs. And I wanted to look up some secular details about dinosaurs. I believed, like Eric believed, that the earth was created in six days. 
and that there were dinosaurs on the ark, young baby dinosaurs, like all that stuff. I was, I was all in on all that. But so I didn't actually know much about evolution because I largely took these facts based on authority. I didn't want to waste my time investigating things that my pastors and teachers I respected had already investigated and told me it was good enough. But I decided to look up a few details myself, created some cognitive, I'm trying to do a short version, created some cognitive dissonance. Um, and I just set that aside. I'm like, maybe there is something to these dinosaur facts that I, I haven't looked into deeply enough. Eventually, I came back to that, investigated, and found that there was enough there that I needed to investigate for myself. So I did what we talked about earlier in the show, and that was decide, well, you know what? My beliefs, if they're true, can stand up to any secular study that exists. So let me learn everything I can learn about evolution. Sure enough, I did. Once I got to things like endogenous retroviruses and human chromosome two, I decided, you know what? Evolution is truth. So either that, in my view, I know you totally disagree, Eric, but this is just where my head, this is part of this, the journey story. I decided, well, but millions of people believe that God used evolution as part of their process. So this isn't like a deal breaker necessarily. It's just that I would have to accept that there's something about the way God created that makes evolution, you know, include as part of it. So then I decided, well, you know what? My beliefs, what are my beliefs about the Bible? What are these other things I've been taking on authority all my life? So things like the inerrancy of scripture and how the Bible came to be and who wrote the books and all that kind of stuff. I went into a deep dive on that because a problem for me was that Jesus seems to hold to young earth creationism, at least in my view, Jesus believes it. And so if Jesus believes it, but it's not true, that's problematic for Jesus. Um, long story short, in all the, everything I learned about that, eventually I came to come to realize that this Bible is better explained as a human book than as a divine book. And at that point, I needed to abandon my belief in the inerrancy of scripture. In the tradition I was, if the Bible is only 99% true, then it might as well be zero. That's the inerrancy view I held. So once it slips to 99, you're in trouble. Then I moved to the phase of basically trying to call out to God to see whether he would answer me back. That was the last phase of my holding on to beliefs. Again, that was where I was sitting in church every week wondering what everyone else was experiencing. And I was experiencing looking back at all the experiences that I had in my life and saying, well, if these weren't God, what were they exactly? Deciding that I was falsely attributing a lot of those things. Uh, and my last moment was uh, on a treadmill praying uh, uh, desperately <laughs> that God would come and reveal himself to me if he, if he was there, but he hasn't. So at that, that was the day where I figured out that I was no longer a Christian. And I've spent the last six years since then trying to remain as open as I can, because of course, if I'm wrong about this, it's very serious. So I do things like I come and listen to Eric's seminars whenever I can catch them, or I listen to pre preachers online or read apologetics books. I read more apologetics books now than I ever did as a Christian, um, just to make sure that I'm still open. And I, I like to have conversations like this to challenge myself to make sure that I have not come to this conclusion in a way that I'm closed, because I do believe that it is the work of, if I am to come to be a Christian, it will be the work of the Holy Spirit that will do it and not an argument from someone. That's, I, I kind of feel like that's where I'm at. I feel like a lot of Christians have affirmed that, who Christians who come to believe it, 
So, you know, when, uh, when a Christian asks what they can do for me, I often say, well, feel free. This may seem strange from an atheist, but feel free to pray that the Holy Spirit will reveal God to me because that is probably the best chance I have to come back to Christianity. So I don't know if that was a short enough version, but that's kind of the, the milestones and I'm open to questions on any of those. No, I, I thank you. Um, I, I'm writing down my, my thoughts here of, of, you know, where you are now. I just, I got so many things. I just want to talk to you about where you are now. Do you, do you want others to be where you are now? I mean, I look at you have a YouTube channel, you uh, argue against arguments that people give for the Bible and you, you try to point out, Hey, here's their problems. And do you want people to be where you are right now? I do. I because I believe that I hold the truth in terms of Christianity. And because I, of that worldview, we have one life. We all agree we have this one life that we know of. And as far as I can tell, it's the only life we're going to get. If that's not true, hey, bonus. But if it's true, then... May, maybe bonus. <laughs> maybe bonus. Maybe bonus. For some. Sure. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, it depends on your epistemology of hell, of course. Um, the if this if I'm correct, and this is the one and only life we have, and if you are if a person is spending it making important decisions in their life based on false premises, then they are not using this one and only life they have to the fullest. And I feel like that is a terrible mistake, and it is something that I regret for myself that I spent so many decades making decisions based on what I now feel are false premises. So I, while I'm still open to being wrong, I do feel like I'm correct and want people to be where I am if I'm true, if I'm correct. When you think of um, other religions, mm -hmm. and keep, keep Christianity, when you think of, of any kind of religion, um, and I know some, we, we distinguish, you know, religion versus relationship with Christianity, sure. it's not a relationship yep. with Christ, but when you think of all the spectrums out there, are there some that you say, you know what, where I'm at now, I see some of these as very dangerous and others as more benign? So absolutely, some are more dangerous than others. I would say that all religions, from my perspective, make individuals make decisions based on false premises, as I just said. So that's a level of danger in and of itself. Of course, like I'm happy to point to Islam, for example, as one that in its most extreme form and in the fundamentalist form that I feel like if I became an is, you know, a Muslim, that would be what I would have to hold, that it is far more oppressive and far more aggressively dangerous to people's one and only lives. So, uh, you know, and obviously, if you adopt a Jainist philosophy, where you know, the religion of Jainism, they basically are trying never to harm anyone to the extent they don't want to step on a fly or, you know, bend a blade of grass. Well, that's not doing as much harm to other people. I feel like the person who adopts that philosophy is doing harm to themselves, but less to others. So there is absolutely spectrum. Uh, I, but I, I don't think there's any religion that does zero harm. Um, when it comes to, and by the way, if you want to talk through someone else, or if you have something like, Hey, I want to share this. I mean, the whole, whole point of this is, okay, what led you from atheism or from, from a Christian worldview to an atheistic worldview? I'm confident that you and I will have many more conversations in our lifetime, so I'm not worried that this is our last chance. Um, when, when, you, when you said it really came down to the 
inerrancy of scripture for you and you're realizing if the bible's wrong on this i'm i'm throwing it away i guess i got a lot of thoughts for you or a lot of questions for you on that yeah. um how how did that work uh in in detail was it really that one well if evolution's true then the bible like you you see pretty clearly i just i just talked about this the other day how you know kind of theistic evolution boy, they kind of get beat up on both sides. You know, it's like right. you got the evolutionists going, dude, if you understand evolution, you would realize you don't need God. And you got the Christians going, the creationists going, if you really understood creation, you don't need evolution. So it's 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 almost that absurd uh, oxymoron place to be. Is that kind of, you got there pretty quickly of like, it can't, it can't be both. That's not God. Yeah. Uh, I'm surprised that a lot of people I know on my side who are non-believers went through that phase of trying to merge those two things. And I just, I'm with you. I think that is the worst of both worlds <laughs> scenario. Uh, and so, yeah. So when you're talking to Hugh Ross, who I know doesn't believe in evolution, but you know, old earth or those other people, I'm like on both sides cheering, you know, or, or Ken Ham versus William Lane Craig recently, you know, those kind of things. Um, I'm, I'm with you. So I've forgotten your question now, but I, I very quickly, uh, yeah, I think that if you're taking the Bible, Jesus took the, I think Jesus and Paul took the Old Testament literally in the way that you do. Um, and I've yet to see reasonable interpretations of Jesus and Paul taking these long age views. I think that it's fair because I don't think the Genesis one or two are natural are divine. I can, I can accept that, oh, whoever wrote them maybe intended them as poetry and maybe didn't understand things, but I don't think that Jesus and Paul did. So that was part of that linchpin for me. It was a big part of it. Uh, another part was investigating how we know who wrote the books and what textual criticism can tell us about who wrote what and when they were written. Uh, you know, for example, like this, this did I, I didn't know there was three Isaiahs in Isaiah or I didn't know that the Pentateuch was stitched together from lots of other documents. Uh, I know Christians have come up with lots of good ways to talk about these things, but it, sitting in the pews as a casual, my my intellectual Christianity wasn't well developed, even if my spiritual Christianity was. So anyway, these were all things that made me say, you know what, I can look at the history of this book and see how it came together. Just like I think life came together without a God, I can sure see a great story of how the Bible came together without God. So those two things kind of fell one after the other. If you look back, and by the way, personally, I appreciate you being willing to say that. Look, there's no there's no middle ground here. It's like one or the other. You can't can't take both because I, I I don't know. It's hard for me because I go in order to take both views, just on a theistic evolution or even old Earth creation. Both of those, uh, I go and there's you know there's a lot of people adopting. That. I'm curious why you think that. I look at it and I go. They just they kind of want to try to stay friendly with what they what they think is science and they're not realizing that all of science is interpreted everything is interpreted all 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 everything we look at is you know we have to interpret what we see uh and so we all have the the same facts but do you do you see um so you see old earth creation and theistic evolution both as incompatible with either look i'm gonna believe this so i can't be old earth and i can't be theistic or i gotta go all the other way where you're at now i do though i will admit that i was the kind of christian who 
was very black and white thinking. And I believe that I have remained somewhat of a black and white thinker. So I'm willing to grant that other people have nuance where I don't. But all that said, I, I, I agree with the statement you just made. And if I want to impugn motive, and I won't impugn motive on any single person, I feel like the people in that middle ground are looking at the same science that I looked at and finding it very compelling uh, and not wanting to be embarrassed to go against it. And also finding something in their life that Christianity helps either by the in-group that they have with the church or that they feel like the Holy Spirit and God, you know, helps them get through their day or whatever, that there's something about Christianity that they get as they see as a benefit that they don't want to let go of. So they attempt to just hold both of those views. I feel like that would need to create some cognitive dissonance. And it is the cognitive dissonance that I felt. Um, I also think that there's lots of people who go through lives not thinking about these things deeply. And that it, they get to a point in their life where they do need to. And I think that those are the people that tend to eventually make a decision. I don't think there are a lot of deep thinkers who hold that middle ground. I don't know if you would agree with that. I, I think the deep... I would have I to come the, from the same place. Yeah, you can't yeah. study this out and go, well, it's got to be both. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you and I, sometimes these things have strange allies, but yeah, you and I would uh, be allied against the the older type. Uh, That's so interesting. Yeah, yeah I uh, love it. Okay. Um, have you have you thought through when you think through your call it a deconversion? Have you thought through, could it have been your particular brand of Christianity that actually set you up for failure versus what, well, let me just leave it there because I know mm -hmm. you're going to say, Hey, I, I think I did study it out and I could have adopted a brand that, that says, no, I can make sense of this. But do you think that back then, six years ago, it was your brand of Christianity that actually set you up for the failure and for the deconversion? I do actually think so, partially because I was, again, an inerrantist. I would have attempted to harmonize every single thing that I've, that someone presented to me as a contradiction, I would have just attempted to harmonize it. Um, I was, uh, no, I was very rigid, I think, in my adoption of Christianity. And that, that lends itself more to become people, becoming a black and white thinker, I think, on the other side. But I think a person who comes to Christianity saying, some of it's true, some of it's not. Much more of the Bible is allegorical, and we can point to literary genres to say that, oh, maybe the sun didn't eclipse when Jesus died. That was just, you know, flowery language, for example. You know, those types of Christians, I think their Christianity survives, but oddly, I think you and I would both agree, I'm not sure that's a real Christian. So, uh, it's I don't I don't I don't ever now try and tell someone they're not a Christian because I feel like it's it's not my place uh, if, if someone self-identifies I just take them at their word but when I was a Christian the kind of person whose faith survives that I wouldn't have called a real Christian so take that for what it's worth um yeah that's I I I have a real hard time with that as well drawing a line and calling somebody either non or yes or no I'm like man that's for God to judge but at yep. the same time I go boy you're 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 holding things that are super inconsistent. Do you? Well, and God himself says, right, there's there's sheep and goats, and there's going to be people on judgment. If you accept Christianity is true, there's people on judgment day who in their hearts think they are Christians, and Jesus is going to say, get away from me, I never knew you. Like, right. that's in the story. 
So there's some percentage, even if Christianity is true, who will die thinking they were and aren't. So and that's something that's to guard against. That's the scariest people. verse in the Bible to me. And that's right? what that's what compels me to do this kind of research to say, mm. I want to know that this is true. I don't want to just, I'm, I don't want to just hope. Uh, I want to know. Let me ask you this. When you, you said, hey, yes, I would want people to be where I'm at today. Um, would you say that even if this is not true, that there could be, could you go, well, I could see a benefit. I could see a, um, if the goal is for our species to survive, man, if we just all got around this, at least we have something in common to all, all move forward with rather than everybody choosing their own. Um, Cause it does seem to me that in the, the atheist, if, if that's gonna be our commonality, there's also now no ability to create commonality. Does that, I don't know if I'm even saying. Oh, you're, you're expressing the, probably the greatest challenge of there even being something called an atheist or a non-Christian community is that the answer to a single question, do you believe in God? Yes or no? You can't build anything on that. There's nothing more to talk about. So you need to then try and convince someone to be either a secular humanist or something else, right? Something that has affirmation as opposed to a negation and you have identified a, a huge problem and it is something that others i'm not particularly talented at this but the, the loss of community is a huge problem for people who leave the faith and you and i've talked about this before and some of the effects that i had when i when i left the faith of the community that i lost um so there there is a societal benefit and this is part of what someone like me sees as why religion around the world has always flourished and why god beliefs have always flourished is there is a survival advantage to having in-group cohesion around something that isn't one of the people right like to have some kind of external locus that you can focus on yeah. I, I do think society so sociologists you can and uh, you would agree eric there are people in other religions who have formed very tight societies right or or yeah. non-faiths um and so group cohesion is a human survival advantage and to move forward with or without Christianity, that's something that we will need to figure out for sure. I don't agree that Christianity would be the one I would pick. I would pick secular humanism, which in the, in the extent that it advocates for human flourishing and reduction of harm, I think those are two, the two key components that I would want to pull out of Christianity anyway. So I would advocate for that instead, but uh, is Christianity the worst worldview that we could build our society around? Maybe not, but I'm afraid of what's happening in the States with the way, you know, some people are voting and also with the way that um, I feel like I didn't want to get into any of this, but I feel like there are people in power who use Christianity to get what they want, even if they don't personally hold those views. I feel like Christianity is, is sometimes in these states being used as a weapon um and you probably agree I, i'll probably I, absolutely probably, yeah i'll probably leave it at that but not not everyone in washington who says they're a christian will be one of the sheep <laughs> let's just put it that way <laughs> no kidding oh my word no kidding um when you think through so i i try to do these thought experiments um 
by the way, if you're watching and you're on, uh, you know, you're, you're one of our partners, you're, if, if this even gets out there, like if this goes on YouTube or on Facebook, um, I hope this is interesting to you. These are the kind of conversations that absolutely fascinate me because um, we're really getting down to some of the, some of the philosophies of what, what, what is truth and where is that at and how do we find it? Uh, so if you don't like these, I'm sorry, join me another week. Um, the, when you come down to Paul and I do a thought experiment on, okay, let's just, let's just pretend for a second that secular humanism is the way to go. And man, if we could just all rally around that, and what if we had a whole bunch of, let's suppose we get 50% of the world to become secular humanist and the world is, you know, it's getting pretty populated. There's a lot of people and the consensus of the secular humanist is, you know what? If we could just rid the world of these other ideas once and for all, then we would finally all be on the same page. And a hundred years from now, we're going to have, you know, 50 times more people than than that other half right now. So for human flourishing to really continue, let's go ahead and eliminate. I mean, these the, people are going to die anyway at some point. I mean, everybody does. So the timing kind of becomes irrelevant. Why don't we just go ahead and eliminate this half? Let, I'm going with 50-50 just for a number, but let's eliminate this you, half. You want to Thanos this thing up? I got gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah. Well, that is true. That is kind of what it was. Was I didn't even think of that. That's funny. Um, let's let's go ahead and eliminate this half in order to bring about future flourishing that ends up being way better. Thank you for joining us for this engaging conversation. To view this and many more conversations in their entirety, we invite you to partner with us at creationtoday.org partner.